Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your faith and take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. My name is Andrew Stroud, and today I'm joined by my teammates Abigail and Lakeith to talk about overcoming rejection. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this, but strangely, it's not something we seem to spend much time talking about. And that's a shame because Jesus promised that if we belong to him and live for him, we will experience rejection just as he did. The Bible never claims that God will make life easier, but it does promise that he'll be with us and make us stronger. I hope today's show encourages you and convinces you that rejection is indeed a normal part of a disciple's life, but also that it's not something that needs to paralyze us. It's something we can overcome. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, it's good to have you here. It's been a few weeks since we had our last recording session. Last yes. week we had Sean Lovejoy on the show. How are you guys going? Catch us up with uh, what's been going on in your lives. Yeah, I think on my end, I've been pretty good, pretty good. It's been a busy week. Um, I want to send my condolences out to my fiance, Stephanie's family. Lost her grandpa uh, and we went to the memorial service. So that was that was cool. It was like a celebration of life. Those are always a little better than funerals, in my opinion. So I'll be praying for them. But I am encouraged to be on the podcast and uh, to be sharing with you, with sharing with you guys. Yeah, definitely uh, thoughts go out to the Landry family, and we're definitely praying for them as well. Um, for me, this past weekend was uh, was great. We had a, a local conference retreat on discipleship here in San Diego that I was able to go out and be a part of it. Had a lot of fun. Definitely excited with what the Lord Jesus is doing here in, in our local community and how things are growing. So that was a lot of fun. When I... Before I lived in San Diego, I didn't realize how close it is, obviously to the ocean, but there's also a range of mountains just east of town called yeah. the Laguna Mountains. And so within 45 minutes, you can really be out in the middle of the countryside. Awesome. And yeah. it definitely does not feel like a, a major metropolitan area. <laughs> you're, you're out in the mountains and it was beautiful weather. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was, That's enough. It was, uh, it was a really encouraging time on, on multiple levels. Um, but also something that was really cool, this podcast, you know, you never know, you make something like this, you don't know who's hearing it, if it's encouraging people. But um, I made a new friend this past week, uh, Leonard Dozier, who also has a podcast called The Sunday Word. Um, he just started it a few few weeks back and invited us. He had come across our into the Harvest Ministry on Instagram, and um, is a real like-minded, like-hearted brother in Christ. And so I had a chance to be on his podcast, the Sunday Word Podcast, and that was a lot of fun, just sharing with with him and his audience what God is doing, why we're doing this, and, mm -hmm. and how we can partner together. So if people get a chance, maybe they can check that out. So Abigail, how about you? Yeah. I don't know. Guys. What's the latest? <laughs> I don't well, know. Look. I was um, I asked you guys to go first because I was like, well, maybe I'll remember something cool to share. I I haven't. Friends, I am just a stay-at-home mom, and there is nothing cool to share. With you. <laughs> but you know what? No. I'm doing it. I am no greatest showman. No greatest showman. From, uh, no, they're really into Mary Poppins Returns right now. So thankfully, okay, okay. I've got a new soundtrack to my life. Yeah, guys <laughs> out there, just know it is not glamorous over here at the Wilson household. 
but we are moving right along. We are in the ABC countdown at school, which means there are 22 <laughs> days left. So, yeah. Well, what are you excited about with what's going on with Into the Harvest? Oh, man. Anything the going on these past few weeks? The Harvester series over on our blog is really my favorite thing. I love it. We came up with this <laughs> idea when we guys, when you guys met with me back, when was that, February or something? Um, yes. We came up with this idea, and I love it even more now. It's really so much fun. Um connecting with people all over doing all different kinds of ministries and just from my end I am really encouraged by it so I just get to edit the interviews but I feel like I benefit a lot from just hearing from all over and I hope that people are uh, following along over on our blog with that because it's pretty awesome yeah the whole point with the the harvester series is when, when you're moving out into the harvest to share Jesus and make disciples in everyday places, it's it tends to be a pretty low-profile work that you're doing, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you can feel isolated, but there are thousands of people all around the country, all around the world, who have the same vision that, that we do, and we just want to use the blog to spotlight some of those folks. So if you yourself are encouraged by what God is doing in the harvest through your lives, then definitely connect with us. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram and uh, maybe we can spotlight you and the work that you're doing as well. We'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. For sure, so, for sure. So today we're actually going to talk about overcoming rejection. And last season we did a series of three episodes on the podcast that were all about getting started, and we titled them Overcoming. So <laughs> the first one was about overcoming uncertainty, and then we did one on overcoming fear, And we finish by talking about overcoming busyness so that we can move into the harvest for Jesus. Today, we're talking about overcoming rejection. So, Abigail, this was really your brainchild. Talk a little bit about (laughs) why we want to cover this subject. Well, I think this one actually maybe takes us a little further down the road. Um, Those other obstacles we talked about may even stop us before we even get started. Um, But Mm. rejection is often something that can stop us maybe very quickly once we have kind of tipped our, like dipped our toes into the waters of a ministry. Um, Or, hey, maybe it is just the fear of rejection. You're like frozen in place and don't even want to say anything to anybody. Either way, I feel like Mm -hmm. this um, particular fear um, is is hard to overcome. And so we're going to talk about it today and really go deep on um, just what it means to be rejected, what the word has to say about it, um, and what we have maybe learned from it ourselves. So yeah, I'm excited about this convo, guys. Yeah, me too. And it was perfect last week because uh, with our study on base on 32nd Street, we usually go out on Monday nights and do some recruiting for the study on Tuesday. Uh, And this past week, we had our best turnout that we've had. And uh, that was neat because the young guys got to get out there and share their faith. But it was also intimidating because uh, some of them had never done it before. So one of my good friends went up for the first time and, man, he got shot down, you know. So uh, I'll have to give you all the rest of the details later on the story. But he really did bounce back. And uh, I was proud of him. Kind of reminded me of Jesus and the the rich young ruler where he said, you know, give up everything you have. There's one thing you lack. Follow me. 
and uh, he did not choose to follow Jesus. So uh, Jesus responded and, and challenged his followers and, and kept moving. So I was encouraged that I got to see that in real life. And then also Jesus, who is our example, sets that uh, that guideline on how to bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those topics that I think the Bible has quite a bit to say about, especially if we broaden from just the word rejection to mm-hmm. the idea of suffering, mm-hmm. uh, the the call to endure until the end, to overcome, and the promise that we will face opposition and hardship, that there is both a, a spiritual dynamic that we have an enemy in mm-hmm. Satan who is working actively working against um, us as we seek to follow Jesus and share him with others. And then the world itself is broken. And so as we try to represent Christ, we're going to face hardship. And the Bible talks about this um, quite a bit, but it's not something that we necessarily enjoy talking about ourselves. But I, I think it's important. So even though this was Abigail's uh, original, she originally she had the idea to do this topic. Um, I'm excited about it. I think it's very sure. important. So having said that, the Bible talks a lot about endurance, suffering, overcoming. Do you guys have a favorite passage or set of verses that inspire you to endure? Yeah, you know, I uh, I think the last time we did this, I complained about having to pick just one verse. And I'm just going to really up my ante here and just talk about three, you know, just like huge books of the Bible. I'm just going to go for yeah. it. <laughs> the whole Bible. I the whole anything, Bible, Andy. friends. Open it anything. up. Get in there. It's full of it. <laughs> but uh, seriously, we've uh, we've been studying Genesis in our house church. And uh, as I just think ahead of what we're going to be getting into as we head on into Exodus and and onwards, uh, I just am struck by the the pictures that we have of Jesus as in the Old Testament, um, in Moses and in Joseph and in David, and we call these like types of Christ, like their their lives kind of mirror what is to come with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in all three of those cases, a lot of the mirroring happened by just how they were rejected and how they were basically, you know, thrown out and on the run or um, even their own people turned on them. In Moses' case, Joseph, his brothers literally sold him into slavery. David was up in a cave somewhere, afraid to show his face. I mean, all these guys were given great promises and great tasks from the Lord, and yet um, they immediately started to face just huge rejection from Um, those that maybe they were even supposed to be saving. So I think we just have a lot of really great uh, examples of guys who went through it. And I think that should help us in the sense that, one, we kind of are promised that we will face rejection. And uh, and I know we've got some good verses coming up, so I won't steal any of those. But just we're promised that if we're going to be like our Savior, if we're going to try to follow him and imitate him, then we're going to also experience a lot of what he experienced. And so mm-hmm. for some reason, that really helps me in a lot of ways. It maybe helps me with my self-doubt when I am faced with rejection, or it helps me to persevere and not be afraid of it when asked to do something hard. So I think mm-hmm. um, I really just love those good Old Testament guys and what they have to say <laughs> just because it makes me feel like I'm not alone. 
Yeah, the New Testament is always is constantly pointing us back to these Old Testament heroes of the faith in places like Romans and in Hebrews. And I think I think you're right as we look at those those giants of the faith in the Old Testament mm-hmm. and then you actually have a chance to read through the story of their lives. There are absolute absolutely peaks and valleys and the things that normally stand you know we all are excited about the fact that David overcame Goliath. Um, but you know, David himself, we know how the story ended, but for him, he was actually going through it. And you could say that he was experiencing some level of rejection. His brothers actually, right before he defeated Goliath, <laughs> um, were making fun of him and you know, talking down to him. And yet that did not stop him from from moving forward in faith with what the Lord wanted him to do that day. And you mentioned Joseph. I, I love, um, and Moses. Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is trying to help the people of his time see that Jesus really is this Messiah that the Father has sent, they couldn't see it because all they saw was someone who had been rejected and executed. And what Stephen was trying to point them back to is, hey, look at Joseph. You consider him a hero, but in his time, his brothers rejected him. They, They sold him into slavery. And look at Moses, that he was the one who was trying to deliver the people, but... Um, they did not realize it. They didn't realize that that's what the Lord was wanting to use Moses to accomplish. So I think those are those are great examples, Abby. And I love that you went with people. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> You know, not cool. just yeah, I'm relational like that, verses. guys. That's true. <laughs> that is very true, Abby. I cannot give you a hard time this time because that was uh, that was very good. And I, uh, I can't give you a hard time. So I have Aww, two great. verses. Oh, great. Yay, I passed. All right. <laughs> I know, right? Keith, what do you got for us? Right. Uh, So kind of what y'all were saying, I thought that was perfect and uh, made me think of Jesus uh, when he first came on the scene and and, uh, his first interaction with people. Like I uh, go back to John chapter one, verse 11, when it says that he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So uh, enter Jesus into the world, coming to his own people to save them. And he wasn't received by them, you know, uh, and that could have been a game changer. It could have been a showstopper, but it wasn't. So like you guys said, with all of the shadow stories of Jesus in the Old Testament, guys overcoming whatever circumstances they had to 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 keep God's mission on point. Uh, I think that was very neat. But uh, if there's one verse, I think that helps me when I'm, you know, having to overcome rejection. It's from Romans. 818 and uh i've seen a lot of believers go through a lot worse than i have and uh get inspired by this first but either way I'll, I'll share it it says that for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us so that there was no comparison that what we were going through uh in the future that was what was going to be revealed to us but i know that's not the perfect verse to use when someone's going through a lot but still the principle remains that uh, this isn't the end game that we're playing for the long game. and It's a marathon, so endurance is a key. Does that make sense, guys? No, that's super good. I love that verse. I think that's encouraging even if you're in it. I mean, it gives you that long-term perspective, which is really what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's that's one of the things we're going to talk about in a little bit is how do we overcome rejection? Right. 
And just what you said, Abby, is one of the key components, which is being able to step back and see the big picture, not just of what God is doing in our lives, but what God is doing in history and what phase of history that we're, that we find ourselves in. So, you know, Abby, you talked about people, Keith, you really talked about a promise. Yep. I've got a, a parable. <laughs> so, oh, oh, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Thanks for bringing in the alliteration. I appreciate I it. I had to do it. That's good. I had to do it. Good but, stuff. But you know, this, this is how much the Lord wants us to overcome rejection is he's giving us multiple <laughs> sources to find encouragement. <laughs> no, the one that came to my mind was the parable of the soils. And especially in Mark chapter four, when Jesus tells this story and you guys remember that there were, there was a, a sower going out planting seeds and the seeds fell on different types of soil, four different types of soil. But one of those was the rocky soil. And when he interpreted, you remember the seed immediately took root, it sprung up, it began to grow. But when the sun came up, it says that it withered and died. And when Jesus explains the parable, he tells us that the sun represents trouble or persecution that comes to us because of the word. And that those who are rocky soil immediately fall away. And I've always liked the way that Mark describes that because the sun, this heat that begins to bear down on us once we begin to really take in the word of God and allow it to change us, that it's going to happen, that there's going to be heat that comes our way. But he describes it in in two words, trouble and persecution. And in my mind, trouble, those are just the hardships that you begin to experience because you want to live a life of obedience. And so it's not necessarily that other people are giving you a hard time. Maybe you've lived for years with a certain habit or a certain addiction, and you come to faith and you begin to uh, bring that addiction or that, that behavior under the lordship of Jesus, and it's hard, it's, it's difficult, there's trouble that comes your way. But you can also experience persecution, which is friends who used to accept you before Christ now begin to distance themselves, um, or you share your faith with someone who you hope is interested and they're very much not interested and, and maybe even rude or, or difficult. So I like that, that parable because it tells us that this will happen, that all of us will face trouble and persecution. And I also like towards the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation, uh, several times as John is writing that book, he describes the people of faith as those who overcome. Mm -hmm. And at the very end of the book in chapter 21, verse three, um, the Lord says that he who overcomes will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. So without question, God wants us not just to undergo suffering, rejection, opposition, but to learn how to overcome it, that that's actually the norm. So, so I wanted to shift us a little bit. It's, it's great to look at the Bible and to look at these principles, but maybe we can share a little bit from our own experiences, our own life, how we faced rejection and hardship and, and what, what's kept you guys going in the face of that. I think, uh, Andrew, we had a conversation actually a couple of years ago that really helped me with this. And uh, he said that there's two type of people in the world. There's victims 
and there's overcomers and uh, you can choose who you want to be because uh, everybody's going to fall victim to something like you're going to go through something. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be rejected. You're going to endure hardship. So uh, at some point we're all victims, but not many of us get to be and live like overcomers. And I think that was really helpful for me to hear something like that and to know that it is a choice, like your attitude towards the circumstances that come about. So the way this has played out in my life the most is similar to what you were saying. Um, people not responding to the message or the good news, because I truly do believe in my heart that it's the best thing out there, that Jesus promised us eternal life. He promised us an abundant life. He promises to be with us always. He gives us his spirit. And uh, you can write a whole new story like you can get. Uh, you can start over in life and uh, Jesus is offering that to anybody. So to me, you'd be crazy not to, to respond. But the truth is, is that a lot of people don't respond. And then uh, similarly, when people uh, don't want to tie in with us as far as ministry, I think uh, that is hard for me. Uh, be, uh, being the feeler in this crew, I think sometimes I take that hard. But um, what keeps me going is just knowing that God is going to accomplish his mission with or without us and that uh we're fortunate to be a part of it. So I'm motivated to get back in the fight each time, knowing that God is with us and that he is going to accomplish his work and uh, we get to be a part of it. So uh, having that overcomer mindset, I think helps me. It has helped me over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I'm a big believer in, you know, two types of people and really the circumstances don't change. It's just how you deal with them. Do you become Mm -hmm. a victim or, or do you become an overcomer? And, Cecil being the man who discipled me when I was getting started in my faith, he would tell us that God, he's not going to make life easier, but he is going to make you stronger. That's his promise. That's his Mm. commitment. And all of us face our own challenges for sure. Many people deal with greater challenges than I've had to deal with so far in my journey, but all of us are going to face those, those challenges that we have to overcome. Rejection is one of those things. But uh, I've always taken encouragement from that, that yes, he's not gonna make everything easy, but he will make us stronger mm-hmm. and help us to overcome. So Abigail, how about you? Well, let's see. Man, there's so many good stories to pull from as far as rejection goes. Uh, but I think uh, <laughs> maybe probably the most uh, like the biggest one that was kind of a crisis in my own life was uh, when I felt like the Lord was telling me to write my book. And so that uh, means that I had to, well, first I had to write it, but then I had to like find a way to publish it. And that's really when I came up against um, the rejection of other believers <laughs> in the sense that um the, the world of Christian publishing is um, like definitely a cool place for a lot of people, but you also have to have like a certain amount of followers or like already just a, a really thriving huge ministry that you can show that lots of people are just would just be you know dying to get their hands on your book. And I was none of those things at the time, um, and it it really uh, was hard. And I was you know struggled with like well was am I even supposed to publish this book you know is this even what God is wanting from me um and then also being like well why didn't God just give me a bunch of followers like that would have been a cool way to go (laughs) um but that was neither of those things were God's plan and I think um (laughs) from this uh 
particular first hurdle of that book um, coming into being, um, it was published, spoiler alert, and it is available on Amazon. (laughs) But I did have to go a different route. And I think in going through that and facing kind of the rejection of the publishing world, like in the fancy mainstream sense, um, I kind of realized that there were two big takeaways for me in there. And one is... (laughs) making sure that my identity in Christ was not affected by what others were telling me. Um, I had to go back again and again and make sure that he was telling me to write this book and that this is the thing that I should pursue. And if he kept saying yes to me, if if the Lord kept leading me to do this thing, then I couldn't let the outside, even Christian world, tell me that I was doing the wrong thing. I had to keep pursuing the Lord and what he had told me to do and uh, that he was really my identity there. And then the other was just looking and seeking approval from the wrong places, Um, whether that's approval from the world, which I think as Christians, you know, we're maybe taught from like a small child, like it doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. Um, and I, I think that I'd really gotten that one. And I was like, yes, that's right. It's us against the world. But then when it was um, other believers <laughs> kind of like not True. really accepting um, what I was offering, that was hard. And it made me realize that that approval seeking attitude can sneak in in other ways. And sometimes it's wanting the approval of other believers, um, even our peers, and so it was just a really good humbling um, experience and, and I think showed me some of the pitfalls that we come across when faced with rejection. And a lot of that is coming from our own, you know, fallenness, at least in my case anyway. So um, I think that I continued to be rejected in, in areas I was um, just rejected recently for like a mom blog thing. It was like not ministry related at all. It was like some sort of, you know, side gig, a side hustle, you know, and uh, I, uh, <laughs> the mommy blog side hustle. Yeah. I love guys, it. it's a world. Anyway, I was oh, rejected. Man. And like my first thought was like, oh, like they didn't like my writing. And then the other side was like, did I really even need to be spending my time doing that? Like it wasn't ministry mm-hmm. related or a kingdom focused at all. It was just, It was really just to gain like the stamp of approval on my writing. So I I tend to get like rejection and a lot of times when it comes at me, it's because I've kind of gotten off track, if that makes sense. I've gotten off track from what I should be doing or um, should be focused on, especially when that rejection is like from, you know, something like that, which is not important. So this is, so I'm talking about a different type of rejection here. This is not like a holy type because I feel like when we're sharing the gospel and someone rejects us, um, Mm -hmm. that's, I don't know, like that's kind of what Keith is talking about. And I think it kind of comes with its own help and protection for me. Um, when it comes from the church or from sort of an outside thing that we're trying to go after, uh, it feels different. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense, and you're stealing my thunder a little bit, which Aww. is okay. We go, we, go for uh, it. You'll we, say it better, Andrew. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, we we kind of know before we do these uh, episodes that we're going to talk about certain things and have certain questions, but mm-hmm. we don't always talk through exactly what we're going to share. But that's that really corresponds with a lot of my thoughts that 
that as, I mean, no one likes to be rejected, whether it's by a stranger or by a close friend. But without question, when you get rejected by someone that you're not expecting it from, it's absolutely harder. <laughs> it's harder to mm-hmm. take. And so I've seen the same thing, and our, our listeners probably can identify that when when you're rejected by a family member and it's unexpected or by a fellow believer in Christ who just doesn't really understand where you're coming from or maybe just doesn't agree with how you're going about living out your faith, then that's difficult. That's really, I think, a harder thing to overcome. And so for sure, as I've gone out and shared my faith and with new people, people that I'm meeting this morning, I had a, uh, a physical and I had a chance to share my faith with uh, the, the nurse who was doing my physical um, and she wasn't interested, which was okay. It wasn't a hard, it wasn't a hard stop rejection, <laughs> but you know, there's some disappointment that, well, I wish we could have really gotten to share a little bit more and she would have been interested. Mm. Um, but I think for sure the, the rejections that have been hardest to overcome have been rejection that I've experienced from family, from friends, and really from fellow members in the body of Christ. Um, and as I was wrestling with some of the same things that you were describing there, Abigail, identity, approval, yeah. you know, why, why does this hurt? If, if I'm doing what God wants me to do, then, then why do I care as much as I do that other people see that and recognize it and actually approve of it or encourage me in it? Mm. And something that the, the Lord brought to mind was that Jesus himself obviously was rejected. Uh, John 1 says that he came to his own, and those who were his own rejected him. And we know that Jesus, he always did what the Father wanted. John also tells us that. So he wasn't, like you said, Abigail, sometimes when we experience that disappointment, it's a sign that, well, your heart is in the wrong place. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that thing. But sometimes your heart is in the right place. And definitely for Jesus, he was doing exactly what he was supposed to do he was who he claimed to be, and the majority of people rejected him, not just some people. The majority of people did not receive him, did not accept him, and were either apathetic or actively rejected him. And the Lord used that to, to bring me back and say, your job is to figure out, are you walking in faith? Are you walking in obedience? And even though it does hurt, when other people don't see that, especially when other believers don't see that, don't recognize it or don't approve of it, you know, that's what Jesus experienced. So sometimes I think he wants us to experience and walk in the same path that Jesus did so that we can better understand, man, this is what Jesus was willing to do to to gather us in, in into the family of faith. He was willing to go through this kind of rejection. So I think uh, especially with our ministry of encouraging people to move into the harvest, Mm -hmm. when you begin to do that, especially if you have come up in a more traditional Christian background, there's going to be a lot of people who scratch their head and don't really understand or support you trying to open your home for church, (laughs) to actually have church in your home. That's going to be for some people a bridge too far. (laughs) And um, (laughs) even though we would look at that and say, well, that's really not that radical at all. It's actually in the scriptures. Um, 
But for some people, it is going to be radical and you're going to experience pushback or maybe even rejection um, Mm. from people. So in a lot of little ways, rejection happens every day. So what's amazing to me is I will fixate on uh, the, the one person who rejected instead of the nine people who were encouraged. And I don't know if that's a, a tendency that you guys have as well, but, um, <laughs> oh, you know, it's the even, perfectionist in you there, Andrew, I know, <laughs> I feel, yeah, ya. I'm there with you. Yeah. Well, maybe some other people experience it too, but if, if you, you know, like I gave a workshop this past weekend, if, if five people say, Hey, that really encouraged me. But then one person said, Hey, that was lousy. Then the thing that we tend to fixate on True. is the one person. Well, why didn't they like it? You know, what was it that I did wrong? And so maybe part of overcoming rejection is just putting things back in balance that mm. um, not everyone is going to be a fan of who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. And that's okay. You need to be focused on the people who are receptive, who do want to learn and grow. So, so this is sort of some of our experiences, but then we're also in the business of making disciples and helping other people. Mm-hmm. So these passages encourage us, some of our own stories of what we've been through, but how has it looked for you guys in trying to share with others and helping them gain this perspective? What are some of the ways that you try to help others overcome rejection? All right, um, <laughs> man, that's tough. Because <laughs> you're passing it on like a principle that you've learned or- Something that you've already experienced. I mean, experienced. So uh, trying to pass that on is not easy. But <clears throat> I think in my own words, I would say, "Hey, friend, like don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you need to endure because when you've done the work, the will of God, you will receive what He has promised." Of course, those those aren't my words. That's that's from Hebrews, and it's a lot more uh, eloquent than I can ever communicate. But I think that idea is so powerful that don't throw your confidence like you need it like you need to endure because god still has work for you to to do so uh, i'm not saying that in the moment you can't grieve or be a little bit disappointed but you can turn around and use that uh to push forward and to press on you know and i love the examples that abby you and andrew gave from the old testament of joseph and moses and the uh Ambulance oh that's going past the house what right now. What is happening over there? The <laughs> <laughs> as we're trying to record, but uh, yeah, just knowing that there's moments where you're going to have to endure, and I think God is uh, committed to giving us just enough hmm. to uh, to to keep moving forward, but to to stay relying on Him. Uh, so I actually came across that verse in Hebrews. It's a uh, ten thirty five and thirty six. When I was sitting in class one day, and my teacher was on this vicious rant about Christianity and the Bible and uh, how terrible it was and how terrible we are. And I had to sit there and be quiet for a second. And I got a buzz on my phone. And of course, the verse of the day was that verse from Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, where it says, don't throw your confidence. You have need of endurance so that you can accomplish the will of God. And uh, that was so encouraging uh, to have that in the moment. So I think if I was passing it on to one of the younger guys, I would kind of take them through some of my personal experience, but points of verses like that, where it says you do need to stay confident in what you believe because God has work for you to accomplish. So, uh, Abby, oh, is that man, sense that's such you? a good verse. I love it. Yeah. I mean, even with the siren going off <laughs> behind you, it was just, uh, the punctuation to your, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you hear it? I know. Can Everyone's you hear it? gonna hear it. Okay. I hope Just they can sure. anyway. They think I'm an, I'm crazy. <laughs> anyway, I yeah. No, that's right. that's and that's a cool story. How the Lord reminded you of that verse right when you needed it, kind of when you were being mm-hmm. faced with that rejection, um, right there in your class. Um, I think, uh, probably one of my biggest uh things that I love to do just in discipling others is just doing like I call it cheerleading where I just get to like pump them up and whatever they're going through and um and point them back Mm -hmm. to the Lord and so I think that when we're faced with rejection the three things that we need to do are one we need to just remind ourselves of who God is and When we, and I think that's when the rejection comes in, it kind of like pushes everything else out. And so we have to draw it back in. We have to draw back that truth. And the greatest truth that we can possibly cling to is just who the Lord Jesus is and that he has already overcome this world and and that he has already had victory over sin and death. So just being reminded of who he is mm-hmm. and that his kingdom is already victorious is just really helpful and I think gives us that perspective we need. But then secondly, we need to remember who we are in Christ, that we are a new creation in him, that we are his children, that he is... Mm -hmm. equipped us with the Holy Spirit and, you know, everything that he has, he's bestowed upon us. I mean, those are just really great things to remember when we're feeling kind of beat down um, by either the world or by just our even people that we know and love. Um, and And then I think lastly, we have to remember who those are that are rejecting us. Um, And this is kind of the trickiest one because I don't want to like bash on whoever's rejecting us. But when I was thinking about this, um, I I was actually reminded of just of Jesus on, on the cross. And then, oh my gosh, what's his name? The Hmm. first martyr. You guys help me out. Stephen. Thank Uh, you. Um, when Stephen was, being um, stoned to death, you know, he said, you know, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And I think a lot of times when we're rejected, we we need to remember that, that we have been given something special and it's a truth, but it's also a mystery in a crazy sort of way. And often that other person is not equipped to know what we're, we're handing out. And so we need to be able to forgive them for they know not what they do and um, just turn to praying for mm-hmm. them. And hopefully that will, will give us the perspective that we need. So I think those are kind of the three things that I try to remind those that are going through rejection. So recap those for us so one more who time. God the three is things are. And who we are in God. And then who those who they are that are rejecting us. So kind of that idea of that they do not know what they say or what they do that's good yeah i really like that too abigail and i think it's good as you're discipling others to help them step back and see the reality of of those three people or those three um uh persons you know god us and then those who are doing the rejecting Mm -hmm. um you know looking at jesus i i see him doing three things to prepare his disciples for rejection so so that alone i think is it's, it's telling that Jesus, 
he didn't just assume that his disciples would figure it out as they as they went. He went out of his way to prepare them for rejection and to show them how to overcome it. And those are these these are three things that uh, he did that I want to try to imitate. And so the first was that Jesus he modeled a calmness in trusting the Father. And so like I said before Jesus experienced rejection again and again, not just the ultimate rejection where he was betrayed and then arrested, falsely accused, put to death. But just throughout his his earthly ministry, he experienced rejection. And um, again, from some of the people that he was closest to. So as he was experiencing that rejection, it seems to me that Jesus always stayed calm. Like I, I don't ever see him being rattled by it or lashing out or going into a funk where he just pulled away from everybody and uh, took some time to, to work through it. Um, it's an it's a inspiring challenge to me. Jesus was always the biggest person in the room, it, it seems to me. that Even when they were arresting him, I'm, I'm amazed. And when he's on trial, he is always mm-hmm. in control. And maybe it's because he had a, a really good perspective on those three things that you were just talking about, Abigail. But I was thinking about in John chapter 7 and 8, especially, Jesus goes down to one of the feasts in Jerusalem. But at first he says, I'm not going to go. And John 7 begins with his brothers, Jesus's earthly brothers, asking him, hey, aren't you going to go down to Jerusalem? We know that you want to be famous, and this is the place where you can really show off for the people. And John tells us that not even his brothers were believing in him. So Jesus definitely was experiencing this rejection and this opposition from members of his own family at that point. Um, And it didn't really get better. As you read chapter 7 and chapter 8, he does end up going down to Jerusalem. And he does end up uh, revealing himself publicly and beginning to teach the people He's ultimately rejected. At the end of chapter 8, it says that they picked up stones to throw at him, mm-hmm. but he hid himself and went out of the temple. And so it starts with Jesus, before going to the feast, being opposed by his brothers, and it ends with him having to hide and slip out the back door of the temple because the people were were ready to kill him. So pretty strong rejection there. But the next thing you see, he's in John chapter nine with his disciples healing some, <laughs> someone who's blind and doesn't seem to be rattled by the fact yeah. that he was rejected. So I think um, one of the best ways we can help people is just be close enough to them, which is why we're such a fan of, of life on life disciple making where people can see what we're going through. They don't just see us in these safe spaces on Sunday morning in a sanctuary but they see us in the rough and tumble of life and how we handle the opposition and and the rejection that comes our way. And if you can handle that with a calmness and an equilibrium, then I think the next generation picks up on that. And I think the disciples Mm -hmm. definitely picked up on it just by seeing Jesus and how he dealt with it. A second thing that I see Jesus doing is he did a good job of setting expectations for them. So in John 16, I'll just read the first few verses of this chapter. But in John 16, verses 1 through 4, Jesus says, I've told you all these things so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of of the synagogue. Yet a time is coming when the one who kills you 
will think that he is offering service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you will remember that I told you about them. And I did not tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. So I see Jesus really giving them a heads up. Look, this is going to happen. They're going to expel you from the synagogue. You're going to be kicked out of of your religious um, nest, the, the, the thing that's brought you comfort, the, the familiar setting that you grew up in, they're going to expel you from that. And they're even going to kill you, which is really amazing that Jesus told them ahead of time that that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, at the very end of that chapter, John 16, verse 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have trouble and suffering, but take courage. I have conquered the world. And so Jesus did a great job of setting expectations and letting his followers know at the appropriate time. Like he, he said, look, at the beginning, I didn't, I didn't tell you that they were going to kill you. <laughs> so uh, um, I definitely think I would have like, my eyebrows would have gone up whenever he said, sure. uh, look, they're going to kick you out of the synagogue and they're going to kill you. But I'm telling you ahead of time so that you can have peace. So that was the second thing is he, he set expectations. And then the third thing is that he stayed close to them and then he taught them to support each other. That's so good. once he left, he, he, he had really built a, a family unit there between the 11 disciples that stayed true to him and they became the support structure. So when you're being rejected by the world, if you don't have that family of faith that mm -hmm. is really involved in your life, that can help you have that perspective and overcome. I, I think it's really hard, maybe impossible, to overcome rejection on a regular basis uh, without losing heart the way that Jesus was warning the disciples. And so some verses on that, if folks want to read, is in John 17, verses 14 through 21. Hmm. Jesus prayed that the disciples would stay connected as one, that they would support one another and he said, look, the world is going to reject you because they've rejected me um, in John 17. So those are uh, three things I, I want to build into those on discipling. First, I want to be a good example for them, specifically in the area of overcoming. And Lakeith and I have been together for six years. We've, yeah. we've had a number of conversations over the years where we were taking rounds really oh, yeah. from people in the church. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? And... Hopefully, I've, I've been able to model for him um, how to handle that criticism and still overcome and, and seek yeah. to follow Jesus. Also set expectations. For sure. And then build a team, you know, be, be part of a church family that's really supporting one another. Yep. I can attest that that has <laughs> happened, guys. So <laughs> not without learning and suffering or, you know, lessons learned, but I, I can agree with that Andrew that's really good you know I, I I think that all of us want well maybe not all of us many of us I think we want to live these vibrant exciting lives and that's why we're drawn to movies especially dramas and action movies that that have this story arc where where this regular person is certainly confronted suddenly confronted with some sort of major opposition and it's in doubt whether or not they're going to be able to hang in there and overcome. But then they do, and the story ends well. And we love it, you know, because that's the story. It's one of the storylines that we're really drawn to. Yeah. 
and what we don't realize, but, but we just want to live life at the very end of the movie. Like we want life to always be the success, the victory, the resolution. And you know, that doesn't, they don't make movies out of that, you know, because it's not really compelling. It's not where you find abundant life. Abundant life is, is going through the trials, the rejection, the hardship, and overcoming those. I mean, that's where the Lord wants to take us. So with that in mind, do you guys have anything that you would say to someone who's listening to this podcast right now who may be experiencing rejection? What would you say to encourage them or to try to, to help them move forward? Oh, man, I would just say you are not alone. <laughs> I um, yeah. I think when I, I, I yeah. mentioned the Harvester series, at the top of our show and I just kind of want to circle back around to it actually it's one of the interesting things about um being the editor of those pieces is that when um we send out the interview questions um you know people are always you know super nice and say yeah we can do that for you and I think about 80 percent of those people that I've sent those questions out to have responded at some point during the like answering process and been like oh my gosh, I just feel like a fraud. Like, you know, people just don't even show up at our house and like we can't get people to respond and we haven't baptized anyone in super long. And just like all of the, whatever they feel like their particular failure is in their ministry is just like highlighted for them. And I always have to kind of like assure them, no, I promise, (laughs) like whatever, you know, kind of feelings of failure you're feeling we've all been there and I am actually really encouraged by that and I hope that those of you listening are encouraged by our stories of rejection and just know that this is part of the great fraternity of being a follower of Jesus is being rejected by man Um, and Mm -hmm. I think that we should find encouragement knowing that we have had many a great cloud of witnesses go before us who have um, literally died for their faith and been rejected by the world that they were sent to. So I I think that's probably the biggest uh, thing that I could say because I think we really should not um, be afraid of the rejection that we absolutely will receive from some source or another and just know that it's <laughs> oh, yeah. part of oh, yeah. the the great journey that we're on and uh it may not be like movie worthy but it, it will still be good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree go ahead and pat yourself on the back because you're doing something right like um as abby and andrew has have already talked about like it's a part of the journey and it's a huge sign that uh you know, you're experiencing spiritual warfare, you're experiencing pushback, and uh, that's good because you'll need it. You'll need to uh, to grow, to be stronger. So, yeah, pat yourself on the back. You're, uh, you're doing something right, so keep plugging ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I've, as I was thinking through this particular show that we were going to be doing, one of the um, one of the books of the Bible that stood out the most to me was the Gospel of John. I know I've already shared several times from it, but... Um, just with what you guys were just sharing in John 15, uh, verses 20 and 21. Jesus told his disciples, Remember what I told you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they obeyed my word, they will obey yours too. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they do not know the one who sent me. 
And so one thing I hope happens as a result of this podcast is that people can can see rejection and hardship and opposition not just as a challenge that that perhaps brings discouragement, but also a confirmation and an affirmation that, yeah, this is what Jesus said would happen, that if I begin to follow him as my master, that I'm going to experience this opposition. I'm going to be rejected by some people. Um, and it's going to happen not just because of me, not even primarily because of me, but because of the Lord Jesus. And so um, I I really think what you guys said is, is spot on there. And Abby, I really appreciate what you shared about all of us feeling like, man, am I really doing this? Is this really, someone else has got this figured out better than I do. <laughs> and um, I feel like I'm failing. But um, I think even that is something that we have to overcome. And, sure. and being connected and hearing other people's stories, which is a big part of our work here with Into the Harvest, is connecting like-minded, like-hearted believers who are out there in the harvest to realize that you're not alone, that other people are facing these same challenges and that um, you can stick with it. The Lord will help you overcome those things. So Abigail, as we wrap up today, how can people continue the conversation here with us about this particular topic of overcoming rejection? Yeah, and we really hope that you guys will um, just join in this conversation with us. Uh, Just as Andrew just said, you know, part of overcoming this is being a part of a community that understands and is with you in it. Uh, So we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your favorite verses on overcoming rejection, um, your favorite rejection stories. We want to hear about those too. Um, And just how you are enduring and overcoming them. If you have any great tips for us, we'd love to hear them. So head on over to our Facebook page um, or our Instagram at Into the Harvest and just comment on this podcast post. Uh, We would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, I'm sure you've got some good stories too. Yeah, and I I also want to encourage our listeners, we we really need your help to just share the podcast, to share the things that we're doing online, Mm -hmm. whether it's the Mission Minute videos. Uh, If there's something that's encouraging you, then consider passing on this resource to others. Uh, that's the number one way that um, the message that we're trying to provide will get out there. It's not going to come through um, being highlighted on, on someone else's platform, but really just our audience uh, working alongside us to help get this message out. So we really appreciate you guys doing that. We are doing a weekly podcast, so next week we'll be back. I'm going to be sitting down with Joey Odell. He's a chaplain serving with the United States Army. I actually had an amazing time talking with him. We've already recorded that that episode. He's an amazing guy. He is a chaplain right now who's mm-hmm. sponsored by the Anglican Church. Uh, we had a great conversation about high church and low church and how we can partner together to make Jesus famous. But before he was a chaplain in his previous life, he was a helicopter pilot. He oh, wow. is an author, and he's the father of 13 Holy moly. So so he's got a <laughs> lot going on, and it was a fun conversation. So I hope people, wow. if you're not subscribed, definitely subscribe and tell others about the podcast because every week we're hopefully going to be providing encouragement for you guys as you live out your faith in the harvest. So I love my conversation with Joey. We had a great time talking about representing Christ. 
in the everyday of life and making disciples in our homes and outside of them. So uh, be looking forward to that. Then the three of us are going to be back together on the podcast following. (laughs) So until next time, guys. Yeah, see you then. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the best ways you can partner with us to grow our community is to share this podcast with your friends. Whether it's word of mouth or sharing our content on social media, we need your help to spread the message. Thanks for being part of our family. Together, we're bringing discipleship into the digital age. 